Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. Bouncing bombs, Nazi hydro dams, and a British engineer who took some skipping stones to the next level. That's right, we're going back to World War II to tell a tale of some awesome history and some awesome engineering. But before we get into it, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? Man, I'm doing amazing. I'm back on the bourbon train. I've been doing beer for a while, drinking some High West American Prairie bourbon. I'm joining you with bourbon. I'm drinking some Backbone bourbon, and it tastes quite smooth. But I am excited to tell you this story, Nick. This is about a man who solved the problem with engineering and explosives. One could argue the best combinations. And you could also say he's after my own heart. This man would be Sir Barnes Neville Wallace. Born September 26, 1887, in Ripley, Derbyshire, a hard worker who worked at mainly around ships at first, studied and trained as a marine engineer. He would eventually shift, though, from ships into airships and airplanes. So, needless to say, he had a good head on his shoulders. To work with the growing fields such as aircrafts in the early 20th century and have worked on some beastly navy ships, I think it's a good testament for his cleverness. Hell, he even designed and made some interesting airships that even make history. But that's a tale for another time. As Barn learns and creates more and gets more in the depth of aircrafts, the world creeps closer into something the entire world feared, another world war. The United Kingdom, no stranger for war, has always kept its mind turning and preparing as the eve of the Second World War arrived. Barnes, no different, would soon hear the word that the Nazis have attacked in 1939, and Barnes switched his brain from flying in the clouds to war mode. And Barnes had a clever idea at the very beginning of the war. He even wrote a paper. He called it a note on a method of attacking the Axis powers, which... In summary, stems to focus on attacking the enemy's power sources, coal plants, hydro dams, anything that helped the Axis make steel, gunpowder, and bullets. The enemy can't make any weapons, and they have no weapons to use on you. It's a pretty good strategy. And keep this strategy in mind, because it become important later. Barnes, having an education and someone who could be useful in the war effort, quickly became part of the military specifically the Royal Naval Air Service. The war would rage on for a few years, the Nazis still on the brink of conquering the entire world, and the Allies desperately looking for anything that might help them defeat the Axis powers. One method that the Allies added to their arsenal would be come from Barnes in 1942, where Barnes, deep in thought, was skipping stones and marbles on water, where he had an interesting idea, a spherical bomb, a surface torpedo, which is evidently what he would call his paper that he would release in April 1942 about this idea. But Nick, you might ask yourself, why on earth do you need bombs to skip on top of the water? Do you have any idea why that is, Nick? You couldn't get close enough to the dam to blow it up so you can be farther away out of their dam's field of fire. 
not feel the fire, but you are right with the distance thing. Well, Nick, there is something so effective, but yet so simple. This device the Nazis used to protect their water structures could stop torpedoes, bombs dropped by airplanes. This device, a true force to reckon with, would be none other than nets. That's right, you heard me, nets. Torpedo nets. Which, in my opinion, is like a mix between chainmail and fishing nets. Picture a chainmail, but instead of interlinking, kind of the more side to side. So chainmail and a night in a net-like structure. Much less metal and kind of lighter than it, but super effective. I mean, they even hung it off Shai's ships. It's really quite useful. And that's pretty much just a torpedo net. And at the time, extremely effective against the explosives used. And since torpedo nets were such a great means of protecting against bombs, the Nazis used them specifically on locations that they deemed important or have potential of being targeted. A lot of those targets being dams, hydro dams. Which brings us back to Barnes, a man who said the importance of attacking such structures, as recently, came up with a damn good idea. You see what I did there? Attacking dams, damn good idea. Oh, I knew it was coming this whole time. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) So, back to his surface torpedo idea, his spherical bomb, which... In other names, would be called a bouncing bomb. But, as one might imagine, it's kind of difficult to make a bomb that you drop off an airplane bounce, let alone bounce in the right direction and effectively blow up the target. You might say to yourself, well, why not just drop a bomb right on top of the dam? Yes, you could do that. And yes, it would destroy part of the dam. But it'd be to no avail. you do no significant damage to the dam. If you really want to damage a dam at this time, you need to attack it under the water and specifically about 30 feet below the water to effectively destroy the dam. So you need to bring a bomb over the water, have it sink, not blow up when you first drop it in the water, then blow up once it's to submerge to the right depth. This is a tall order. That's that's a pretty... <laughs> that's crazy. That's an incredible... I mean, the force of dropping out of an airplane, and then skipping again, and then going in the water, that's a lot. Wait until I get into it. Because it's so simple and so creative, and it bounces a lot more than once, Nick. So being a clever bloke that Englishman was, he had an idea to solve these problems. Something as simple as a torpedo net, but still complex. Backspin. Backspin would allow the bomb to hit the water without it blowing up in your face and actually have a chance of making a new target. The backspin would allow it to slow its inertia so it won't, you know, just drop like an anvil out of the sky. But some interesting problems arrive with the backspin. One being, well, backspin is mainly used in ball-shaped objects. Tennis, soccer, billiards. And making explosive at, at the time, it was a lot easier to put them in cylinder-shaped rather than ball-shaped. It just was easier to produce cylinders back then for the casing for explosives. The British did try to do some experimentation with spherical airdrop bombs but it just didn't work they needed to use a cylindrical shape now they need a cylinder to hit the water bounce over the torpedo nets sink below the water and then blow up the dam tall order keeps getting taller but once again barnes came up with a brilliant idea add more spin in the air when it's flying down so when it drops 
It comes in as an angle, and the spin helps guide it to the dam. Then sink to the desired 30 feet below the surface. Boom. No more Nazi dam. So to imagine this, it's not quite this shape, but it's a really good, re really good representation of it. Imagine an oil drum filled with explosives at the time. Someone kicks it out of an airplane, but you need to add enough spin to it where it rotates, hits the water on its spherical side, so it keeps rotating to skip over the nets multiple times because there are multiple layers of nets, then still have enough inertia to do that, but not enough force where it keeps going and bounces elsewhere in a different direction, so it keeps going straight onto the dam, run up to the dam, sink, then blow up. Needless to say, there are smarter people than me in this world, and thank God for them. But he did it. Him and his team came up with a model and device that they think could do it. They've done experimentations with smaller dams of how much explosives they need. But this time they went to full scale. And they wanted to put them in action. These dam busters, in May 1943, a little over a year, when he had the original idea of skipping bombs like pebbles on water, comes Operation Chastai, an Air Force attack on three dams in Ruhr, Germany. The Mon, the Eder, and the Sorpe. Granted, my German isn't the best, so I probably pronounced all those wrong. I apologize. Speak third best German. <laughs> and, Nick, I feel like this is straight out of a novel. The 617th Squadron of the Royal Air Force was a specifically created squadron for this mission. This, they carried out this operation on May 16th and May 17th. Two of the dams were destroyed. The Mont and the Edder. I don't know about the Sorpe. It was hard to find any information on that dam, and I'm not even sure if it was actually attacked. It's wartime effort, so finding evidence is sometimes hard. But even if it was attacked and missed, two out of three dams destroyed, not bad for your first mission, where all their methods have failed. Knocking out the hydropower dam that gave power to the Nazis? It's stuff like that that makes me proud to be an engineer. Quickly following the success... Barnes made two more types There's of more? <laughs> I thought that was the end. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, he's, uh, he's quite involved with making good explosives and uh, aerodynamics. I feel like that's a pretty good accomplishment. You're right. You would feel like at that point, you know what? Hang up the mantle. It did good. Following that success, Barnes made two more types of bombs. The Tall Boy and the Grand Slam which were going to be used to target airfields that launched V-2 rockets and against battleships and submarine pens. Which would later become co-opted by Pabst Blue Ribbon to describe their 16-ounce beers, I believe. For some reason, every time I think of submarine pens, I think of, uh... Oh, you're making a tall boy jank. I was thinking of the submarine pens of, in Austin Powers for some reason. There's a lot to work with here. <laughs> but unfortunately, the tall boy in the Grand Slam... They didn't, get they didn't get dropped, and it wasn't because the bombs weren't good. It's because they didn't have any aircraft to carry them to the desired altitude to drop them. They could have been dropped with a faster airplane, but a lot of fuel, a lot of resources, they just deemed it not necessary. Soon, World War II ended, but Barnes didn't want to hang up his hat just yet. There's still dams that need to be destroyed. <laughs> he went on creating and inventing. 
focusing mainly on aerospace and supersonic flight. In the 1950s, he designed a rocket-propelled torpedo. Kind of a little nudge-nudge uh, to what he was doing during World War II. He also designed a non-misting glassless mirror, which confuses the hell out of me saying that every time. A glassless mirror. A non-misting glassless mirror. More research is definitely needed for this. But he also worked in the 1950s as a consultant for the Parkes Radio Telescope in Australia. So he also helped design and collate with building a telescope to view deep space. Still not over yet. In 1955, a film was made about him and the Operation Chastai called The Dam Busters. That's the name of the film if you ever want to look it up. Then in the 1960s, he worked in research on making aircraft capable of reaching subsonic and hypersonic speeds all in the same aircraft. He would eventually become knighted in the 1960s for his war efforts. <laughs> and funny enough, in the 1960s, he lost all his original calculations for the dam busters to a flood. The world works in mysterious ways. Okay, that is... I feel like you're fucking with me right now. I'm not. Uh, this is all public information and our sources on YouTube. You can look it up. But... Unfortunately, all things must come to an end. And that end for Barnes Whalis would be met on October 30th, 1979. But this man is not forgotten. There are buildings and roads named after him. Busts and plaques of his name and face across the world. The term of a golf shot when it bounces over a water hazard is named after him. And... In the Yorkshire Air Museum lies a permanent display of the Dam Busters raid with replica bouncing bombs. So, Nick, forever in the UK, we need to go see the bouncing bombs that a crazy engineer made to help defeat the Nazis. It's crazy because I've seen like a big dam and just sat there and thought, I'm like, man, what would happen? If it just exploded. That's exactly what he came up with, and it's exactly what he did. And it would just take out everything. Get some special flyby it. boys with some special bombs. Go fuck up Germany. And the other thing is, Mike, I got to applaud you because you did an entire episode on dams and only made one pun. You know how You know how many puns I came up when thinking about this story? I It was just like too low-hanging fruit. You know, sometimes... Sometimes you got to reach for it to make it satisfying. It was just, oh, God. It was oh, so many water puns, so many damn puns, but it's just, oh, it's just too easy. It was just too easy. Yep. There's a, a James Bond video game where you got to blow up a dam, I think, and one the objectives, it's like, get to the damn roadway. And it's like, you know, one of those guys thought that was the <laughs> funniest thing ever. <laughs> I think that's, uh, oh, God. Golden Gun, I think that was the video game. I, I remember it was correctly. one of those. It was on the original Xbox, so that time frame. Uh, well, Barnes could definitely be a cue in the James Bond world with the stuff he came up with and created. And I'm, I'm happy I got to come across his story and tell his story because he did a lot with his life. Because being, I mean, just being alone, being born in 1887 living through two world wars and seeing a man go on a man go on the moon when you were born before like the automobile was around pretty impressive it's completely insane and that is the story of bouncing bombs kicking hitler's ass one bounce at a time <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram 